feeling a little drowsy and tired today. Some of you have like today she's been pouring herself out for the pastor's conference. Maybe feeling a little tired. But for whatever reason, if you're a little drowsy, a little distracted today, our unison reading will give your consideration to it. It will be very helpful to encourage you to a very diligent listening to the preaching of God's Word today. Uh, it'll help to convince you of your great need to be on the edge of the pew for the whole sermon. Just taking in every little crumb that you can of God's Word. So here's what Daniel says. At that time, Michael shall stand up, the great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation, even to that time. At that time, your people shall be delivered, everyone who is found written in the book. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament, and those who turn into righteousness like the stars forever and ever. We have here prophecy of the final deliverance of God's people. And we note that this comes in a context of tremendous persecution. It would be is described as a time of persecution like has never seen, never been seen before. The enemies of God pour themselves out in this time with such violence and with such wickedness and hatred against the Lord's people. The prophecy is that it's not to be compared with any other time that has come before it. And that ought to sober you up this morning. That ought to make you alert to your need, the Lord's grace, for perseverance. Enemies of God, um, they're not kidding around. This is no joke. They, they cannot touch God himself, of course, and so they touch God's people. They pour out their hatred against God's people. This has been true. This has always been true, and it will be especially true and especially difficult before our Lord returns. We're warned of this here. We're warned of this also in the New Testament. Our Lord himself gives us warning. Uh, think of uh, Mark 13, for example. <laughs> So the wicked here are counseling together. They have their counsel. They have their plan. They have their decrees that they wish to bring to pass. And their, their counsel together is to overthrow righteousness. Uh, the wicked, the unbelieving, the persecutors of the church, they do all they can to compile their wisdom and to compile together their power and their knowledge for the sake of destroying the church, for the sake of destroying the saints, all ultimately in their, in their hatred by themselves. We notice that this is a prophecy, however, of deliverance from that. If you read these words, it makes you think of something else. You're probably in your mind being taken to the 
light that we have upon this passage from Revelation 21. We'll read 21 in our worship service. Let me give you just a, a reminder from Revelation 21. For there it says, the city, referencing New Jerusalem, the city had no need of the sun or of the moon to shine in it. Now I want you to hold on to this idea of light. Why we're not going to need sun or moon. So he had no need of this, the sun or the moon, to shine in it. For the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb is its light. And the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light. And the kings of the earth bring their glory and honor into it. Its gates shall not be shut at all by day. There shall be no night there. So there's no, there's a, there's no sense of this. There's no need of like a normal, ordinary city of the earth where the gates have to be shut. And especially at night. There's no need for that there. It goes on to say, But there shall by no means enter it anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie, but only those who are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And we heard that reference here in the book in Daniel's prophecy. Daniel's given us a prophecy of deliverance and, its, and of its connection to the book. And the light of the New Testament shines back upon this prophecy and helps us to understand the book that Daniel was referencing. Bobbing says, foreshadowed here that is in the Daniel prophecy, is the New Testament idea that the book of life contains the names of those who will inherit eternal life. And what is this book? Think of binding in pages. Bobby continues to say, all things furthermore happen in accordance with the counsel of God. And this is the way this is communicated to us, in the way that we can understand. There is that which is established. We think of a book, it is written in the book, it's established. There is an establishing of deliverance for God's people. Bobbing goes on to say that with him, that is God, with him is wisdom and power and counsel and understanding. He goes on to say God's counsel is his determinate thought and fixed decree pertaining to all things. It is fixed. You think of the book, think of that which is Established that which is fixed. This is God's counsel. Bobbing goes on to say, that counsel, though secret, is realized in history. All things happen in accordance with that counsel. It stands forever, and no one can withstand it. Now, do you suppose it's helpful for us, it's helpful for Daniel to mention the book in the context of this severe persecution? And do you suppose it's helpful for us to be thinking of the book in the context of our deliverance? It stands forever, and no one can withstand it. While, on the other hand, the counsel of the enemies will be nullified. Consider the book and rejoice in your hearts, dear sons. The decree of God is established. No one can withstand it. It cannot be nullified. Your saints, consider your salvation. Consider 
what the Lord has brought to you and what the Lord is doing in you and what the Lord has promised you, it cannot be nullified. This day of deliverance cannot be stopped. It's the enemies who will be nullified. It's their counsel that will be nullified and stopped and frustrated. God has decreed, and he will note, you notice here, that he will bring to pass a day of awakening. You see this here? Those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. Well, this must be a bodily awakening because it's from the dust. There's a day of awakening that God has decreed. For those who sleep in the dust of the earth, it must be a bodily awakening because the soul of man does not go to the dust. When the body dies, but that soul returns to God for further proceedings. So this awakening from the dust of the earth must be a reference to physical resurrection. Remember from Ecclesiastes 12, it says, Remember your Creator before the silver cord is loose, that is, before the perishing of your body. Remember Him before the golden bowl is broken, or the pitcher shattered at the fountain, or the wheel broken at the well. Then the dust will return to the earth as it was, and the Spirit will return to God who gave it. So it is not your spirit that sleeps in the dust. It is the body that returns to the dust. Of course, we remember the parable from Luke 16. The rich man and Lazarus, both of them die. Both of their bodies are returned to the earth. But in their spirits, they are very much awake. Very much alert and very much aware of where they are. This prophecy of deliverance for God's people. And it is a prophecy of a day of deliverance. This deliverance is in the book. It cannot be altered. It cannot be changed. It cannot be nullified. It cannot be frustrated. There's a day of awakening, dear saints, for you. And it will not be nullified. And by the way, let me ask you this question. When was that book written? When did, when did God put in the paper write your name in the book of life? Time prevents me from going into this too far, but let me just say there was never a time to look over the book. Never. There was never a time that the book was not written. I hope that encourages your soul today. These things are beyond our comprehension. Notice for the Lord's people, for the wise, they will become a display of glorious humanity in soul and in their newly resurrected bodies. We know from our recent studies in Luke that the kingdom does not come with observation yet, but in this day it will. The kingdom will come with observation. If I, if I look at you, I can't tell you you're justified. I look at you, I can't, I can't tell that you are adopted, but in this day, even in your body, you will be a reflection of the full outpouring of God, of the, of the love of God upon you. Your soul, your saint, and in your body, you will be a reflection of the complete rescue and deliverance from corruption. Language here is strained to, to get this. We will shine like the brightness of the firmament. The firmament. How, how do we capture the idea of the, the purity of this glory in soul and in body? In soul and in your body, you will be a reflection of the full 
of, of salvation's full harvest. This is fixed. This is determined by God. It will not be nullified. And I hope that's a strength to your soul today. They have great awakening for the Lord's people. An awakening of the glory, an awakening of the light. When we think of glory, you can think of light as being not just a place, but it is a, it is a condition, it is a state for us. A state of human existence where there is no darkness pressing in or ready to press in. You think, you think of the sun today, and it dispels the darkness somewhat, right? And, but what happens as soon as the sun goes down? The darkness presses right back in. It's, it's always ready to come back in. There it is, waiting. And you can have something as small as a tree, and something as small and weak like that compared to the sun, even that can can block it, and the darkness immediately in some small area immediately invades that space. A day is coming when the lies will shine like light. They will shine like the brightness of the firmament, for there will be no darkness. It will be banished. No darkness just right outside your spirit. No darkness just right outside uh, the confines of your, of your glorified body, ready, ready to press in. No, it's, it will be banished. It will be gone forever. Imagine this, this place of life and this state of body and soul of life. Um, I don't know how to put it in language. It fails me. It fails, it fails us to, to capture. Do you have any assurance of this? When you need a reminder to be assured of this, then you go again to the resurrection of our Savior. Now let me say a word here about the wicked, and then we will pray together. We notice in this prophecy, it includes the wicked as well. For the wicked, for the unbelieving, it will be a day of awakening for them as well. Not just in their souls, we must consider this not just in their souls, but in their bodies also, they will be a display of corruption and condemnation. Now we would strain our minds to consider the beauty and the glory of the saved in soul and body. How, what, what words could we use to capture the beauty that we will have in soul and in body? The beauty, the purity, the perfection body and soul reflecting justification and adoption and complete sanctification, the full outpouring of God's love upon us. Well, we must, I think, by Daniel's direction, here we must consider the same degree. The bodies and souls of the wicked will be a, even in their bodies, a visible display of condemnation. What words could we pick, could we find that would describe the horror and the vileness and the ugliness and the condemnation fully poured out on souls and on body? Shame, Daniel says, awakened to shame. And 
then that day God will prove His power and His wisdom in being able to assemble bodies that will suffer forever in fire and not dying. Augustine, in his uh, City of God, near the end of, at the end of that book, he has an interesting discussion of this. Men scoff at this, right? How can there be a body that suffers but never dies? We look around in our world today, right? We don't find that. We find bodies that can suffer. If we can find a body or flesh that can suffer, we're also finding flesh that can die, right? That's our experience. And Augustine points out the, the foolishness if you're going, uh, the foolishness of men to try to make a judgment of this day based on their experience and ignorance now. Will you, will you judge that day only by what you can sense today, only by what you can see today? And Augustine says, this is a very foolish thing to do. Don't do this. Augustine would have you to consider that which is greater than the body, which is your spirit. Does your spirit have the ability to suffer and never die? Yes. Augustine makes the point, in this day, God will bring that same capacity to the body of the wicked. The capacity of suffering and dying. I hope that that will give you some pause. I think you're need to hear the preaching of God's Word today. You, you know, you, you've heard this, right? Uh, the bad guy in the movie, he says to the good guy, uh, before it's all over, you will wish for death. And why, why would anybody wish for death? Well, to escape pain. But in this day of awakening, there will be, there will be many who will wish. And that, that death will not come to them. That release from pain. So we ought to consider this. Now, let me leave you with this final thought. Because there's a mention of uh, the angel here. Michael will stand. There's a great prince. He stands watch over the sons of your people. And prior to, prior to this reading here in Daniel, there's a, there's a reference of this warfare among the angels. And the reality of that, I hope, will convince you all the more of your need to be at the front of you on the edge, taking in the word of God today for the strength of yourself. For this, this battle is not just between you and your sin, and it is, and it's not just a battle that takes place here on earth. This is of cosmic and spiritual proportions, things that we cannot see, things that we can't even begin to understand. Again, Bobbing is helpful here. He says the book of Daniel accordingly really conveys a picture in which the war between the kingdom of God and the kingdoms of this world is not only conducted down here on earth, but also in the realm of spirits between us. We ought to consider this and be reminded of our dependence upon God's grace for perseverance. We need His help. And our Lord has help ready for us today by preaching and word. So I hope this will encourage you to listen my strength that your soul needs today. And to, and to be on, on the edge of your seat ready to hear the encouragements for the glorious promises that will be preached to you again today.